0: While we are thrilled that so many of you enjoy the show, there's other crypto podcasters out there far more knowledgeable than us. I mean, there's a bunch of them. And one of the ones we really respect for his content and commitment to the crypto community is Peter McCormick. As host of the popular What Bitcoin Did podcast, Peter breaks down the current state of Bitcoin and the future of decentralization with his guests. Today, he's gotten his passport stamped for entry into the Republic of Bad Cryptopia and joins us to discuss what Bitcoin did, what Bitcoin is doing and what Bitcoin is going to do. And to commemorate this interview, we're introducing a special Bad Crypto non fungible collectible token featuring Peter McCormick's appearance on this show. These are exciting times to discuss the past, present, and future of Bitcoin on episode number 364 of the Bad Crypto Podcast. Five. Who's and welcome to the Bad Crypto Podcast featuring the ghosts of Bitcoin past, present, and future. And, and there's the ghost of Travis Wright. Hey, I'm the ghost of Christmas past. How was your last Christmas? It was good, but it's in the past. It's over. Looking yeah. forward. It's only like 300 or so shopping days till Christmas again.
1: That's true. I'm really excited about that. I hope I finally get a pony. Santa's been slacking.
0: I'm excited about this freaking episode. Peter McCormick is awesome. The dude's super smart and brought us lots of great content. And we are initiating a new protocol in this episode, Travis. Very cool. Yes. So
1: here's the thing. So we've done this a couple of times at events. We've created non-fungible tokens, which are essentially digital collectibles Sometimes they look like a little coin. Sometimes they're a card, but they can be a lot of different things. And what you do is you just need to have your Ether- your public Ethereum address. And then once we have that, boom, we can send you the non-fungible token. But what's really cool about this is we decided on certain select episodes, we're going to actually create very cool NFTs commemorating that particular episode. So right now, we did, we did the first NFT, which was essentially 000 because we were just testing it out. That was the event at Washington Elite. There are 11 of them in circulation only. Uh, the first ever. one ever. ever. Nobody can get any more. They're done. The second one we did was actually the first one, according to this. It's NFT 001. That was at the North American Bitcoin Conference. And there are exactly 50 of them in existence. Ever. Ever. This is the official NFT-002, NFT, uh, NFT 002, and they will only be available for the next 72
0: hours. And we'll tell you how to get one after our interview. But first, Mr. Travis right? let's give a shout-out to our show sponsors. Uh, it's Helios. It's an inf-
1: infinitely scalable DAP and decentralized web hosting platform based on DAG blockchains. It's, it's an interesting way they're doing things. We've got a great interview with these guys that you're going to want to listen to it's coming up. Helios protocol is designed from the ground up to be future proof with secure high speed and low fee transactions and to enable truly decentralized and democratic applications. It's really interesting. Uh one platform capable of hosting your dApp and website user interface at the click of a button. They're enabling a whole end-to-end decentralized applications to power the next generation of the web and actually they're building the next generation of the web. And you can check it out. It's Helios Protocol, H-E-L-I-O-S Protocol.io.
0: Also, shout out to our new show sponsor, SoMe. SoMe.social is a blockchain-based social media platform built for privacy and user control and content monetization. It is censor resistant. That means if they don't like what you say, unlike Twitter that'll go, "We don't like you, get off our platform." SoMe won't do that. There's monetization options, there's content and curation rewards, there's advertising revenue sharing gang i am on so me at JoelCom. have been posting there for months and i am earning cryptocurrencies check it out so me s-o-m-e-e dot social so me the money they are <laughs> sewing me the money you guys so check it purpose. out glad they're on board to be a sponsor of the show and we're going to tell you more about how to get your collectible bad crypto peter mccormick nft but only after this interview Travis, Wright, Do you have any idea what Bitcoin did?
1: I, I do. I would generally. What did it do? I've seen it, it. I've looked what? at the charts. I've seen what it's done, and that's fine. I just want to know what what Bitcoin gonna do. That's what I really want to know. <laughs> Somebody, Somebody should start. I would be so. I would be so wealthy if I knew what Bitcoin gonna do, and when, and then we would just you know be on a yacht somewhere probably.
0: Well, Mr. Travis Wright, I don't know if I could tell you what Bitcoin's going to do, but we've got a guest with us who can tell us what it did and perhaps where it's going to go because he is the host of the podcast, What Bitcoin Did Since November 2017. Mr. Peter McCormick, welcome to the realm of bad cryptopia
2: thank you thank you for having me on Uh, long overdue we have met before i don't know if you guys remember i'm trying to remember where that was
0: i you you definitely familiar face
2: yeah we did it was in the hallway at consensus and you had like a tv crew you were uh, like a whole crew and and uh like storming down the hallways filming some stuff and i just kind of came over said hello we shook hands and that was it very nice
1: oh yeah we were doing that one uh, there was some weird documentary that we got asked to be part of and they were filming us walking up and down that hall remember that?
0: I do. Yeah. In fact, it's really funny because, you know, Pete, when you go on like Netflix now and Amazon, you see all these crypto documentaries, right? Have you been in any of those yet?
2: Uh, I was. No, not really. I don't. I don't. It's funny. I don't really get asked that often to do stuff like that. But the only one I have been is there's one that's being made about uh, searching for Satoshi or something. So that was the reason I was in the same corridor as you, because I was being interviewed for that. And like I was sat against the wall. And that's when you guys came past.
0: Up against the wall. We want to know where Satoshi is. When, yeah, we've oh, you got the wall. Sit down. <laughs> <laughs> well, a little bit about your bio. You've been a commercial director at Evolving Media, the head of digital at Rapier UK, the CEO of banter.tv, a partner at McCormick and Morrison, and now you've settled in to the crypto space where you're a blogger and podcaster. Uh did uh, so we have to know: did we inspire you to start your show? Say no. Say no. No.
2: <laughs> <laughs> no no i tell you the the tell you who inspired me to do it there's a guy called rich roll he's uh, up in la he's a vegan athlete runner and i through a weird chain of events i've told the story a few times but a weird chain of events i ended up at a yoga retreat he was running in italy became friends with him and his wife and i was out in la and he's like come and visit me so i did and then uh i was just into the crypto thing i was like trying to write about it not very good trying to trade getting lucky and uh, and I was like, you know, what, I think I'm just going to do a podcast. So, yeah, he inspired me. He told me all the equipment again. Off I went.
1: Off you went. Very good. And you actually were the head of digital at Rapier UK.
2: Yeah. So, no. So I had like uh, 20 years in advertising. So yeah. uh, originally, like, uh, I, I needed a website years ago. I used to have a uh, fanzine. I wanted to build a website. Couldn't afford one. So I learned to build them and, like, went into the commercial side. So, that was a dual role. So what happened was I was uh, a managing director of this company, Evolving Media. I think you've probably seen on LinkedIn as commercial, but, and then I like left to set up my own agency, uh, McCormack and Morrison. And we based ourselves in the rapier office there. So they're a, um, they were a huge advertising agency in London. So I did a dual role, ran ran my agency and ran the digital for them.
1: I just want to make a comment about their name. I don't know that it's the most PC name. I think maybe they might want to go less rapey, not rapier. That's like,
2: yeah, <laughs> it's it's a really unfortunate name, um, to like to, to say because it's yeah. It obviously when you say it, it comes out wrong, but uh, we're here
1: from <laughs> we're we're from way less rapey uh, UK. We're a digital <laughs> consultant firm, and we don't like to rape at all. Not like those rapier people. For <laughs> <We're> animals,
0: <laughs> at least they're not with rapiest, right? They're the worst of all. <laughs>
2: But
1: they're, based so, uh, out, they're based out of france though there's
2: a difference so so what a rapier is it's a type of sword i'm not yes. sure if you know it's like a type of sword so i think that's where it came from we um, don't know
1: that at all we're from america does it sound like we know
2: fancy things like that <laughs> i don't know and, yeah, and it's, i it's, think it's an unfortunate name. just for the
0: the record here rape is a horrible thing and we're not making fun of anybody who has been raped True. and and you have uh you have our sympathy uh and and uh it's so, just a strange
1: so, name i was just commenting on the name it's like in the uk like they, they, they could say all kinds of names over there, and some things they can't say at all, or they get arrested, so it's interesting. Different different yeah, culture dude, going on over there.
2: Yeah, we don't have First Amendment protection like you guys do. Mm-hmm, hmm
0: Well, you have uh, gone down the crypto rabbit hole deeply, and I believe you are a bit of what we'd call a Bitcoin purist. Is that right?
2: Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah. Um... I'm certainly now focused entirely on Bitcoin. I don't tend to look at anything else now, uh, through through a number of reasons, like trading and losing money, also spending time with people who've explained Bitcoin to me and why it matters, and you know, uh, pointed at flaws in other cryptocurrencies. And uh, I've I've entered the debate, and there's no win in the debate. You know, you're one or the other, and and. You know, if you don't agree, you end up fighting and wanting to like insult each other. So I, I would say I'm, I'm focused on Bitcoin. That's what I'd say. So does that mean, I mean, have you had Roger Ver or Craig Wright on your show? Long, long time ago. I think they were both in like the first 20 episodes. Um, and I did do a second interview with Roger once, but it didn't kind of didn't come out very good. So we didn't publish that. And then since then, no, I've I've pretty much focused entirely on Bitcoin people. Mm-hmm. Did he give you the bird and tell you to F off? When you no no he was actually right i actually flew out to japan and did it with him and you know despite people having their disagreements with him which i can empathize with a lot and you know i wouldn't say he's my friend anymore he writes about me a lot on, on reddit but um being a being a big supporter of ross Albrick and knowing some of the good things roger did for ross you know i and, and supporting the family with the legal costs and things like that you know i probably gave him a bit more time than anyone else i was willing to you know mm-hmm. talk to him but
0: uh Oh, yeah. It's not a healthy relationship we're, anymore. We're pretty neutral, honestly, and we'll you know we'll talk to just about anybody in the crypto yep. world. And uh, but I'm I'm curious what your personal position is on you know Roger owned Bitcoin.com and at Bitcoin on Twitter when you know he was still in core BTC and then when he forked off to Bitcoin Cash, um, he has now been using that website and that twitter handle and i'm just curious you know what your thoughts are on that and how it impacts the industry and the public
2: yeah so it's a complicated issue and i got into a disagreement with some kind of bitcoin maxis about this before because you know i i had an incident where a friend had phoned me up and he said oh pete finally i'm gonna get into the bitcoin i'm I'm on coinbase which bitcoin do i buy i was like what do you mean he said well there's two bitcoins here which one do i buy uh, I was like, well, it's the Bitcoin, the one BTC. He's like, well, what about this Bitcoin cash one? It's cheaper. I think I'm going to get that because it will go up more. You know, a t- typical kind of beginner's question. And I was like, no, no, no. Bitcoin's king. Buy that. So then I put a thing out on Twitter. I was like, look, there's like two Bitcoins. It needs solving, you know. And well, I think some people confused what I was saying. And they went to an I. Like, they kind of went to the ideological one. There's like, there's only one Bitcoin and it's BTC and everything else is a scam. And I got a lot of this for it but i was like the reality is and it's still there is that if somebody new discovers crypto and they've been told and they understand bitcoin they want to buy it there's every chance they could buy the wrong one they could want to buy btc and end up buying bitcoin cash because they don't know what they're doing so so having multiple i mean it's just not them it's just it isn't just them as well right we've got bitcoin sv we've got bitcoin gold we've had so many i think it's there's it's like two ways you could look at it. you can say well, it's a free market you can name what it wants blah 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 and Roger is of on the belief of the belief that Bitcoin cash is what Bitcoin should be, a peer-to-peer payment and Craig Wright believes like Bitcoin SV is original Satoshi's vision so in their hearts they believe they should use Bitcoin. I think, personally, it's a bit disingenuous. I think it confuses people. I also don't think it's good for them. Like, if Bitcoin Cash was just called Bcash, I think it would be a better name. <laughs> and I, I think it, they would have actually had more success.
0: Don't call it Bcash. Ugh.
2: Yeah. That's it's true. But-
1: well, it's one of those things, as you mentioned, is there's a lot of confusion, not just not just the Twitter, not just the name of the website. Like, you go to Bitcoin.com and it's Bitcoin Cash, or you go to the Reddit Bitcoin or the Reddit BTC those are different, and it's mm-hmm. very confusing for someone to get in because you know the when the core developers aren't getting along, and they say, you know what, we'll screw it. We're going to just fork off and create our own. And it's like it's created. And then notice that once that sort of happened, the market did take off because here was all these people who had Bitcoin. Now they had an equal amount of Bitcoin cash, and Bitcoin cash at that time was worth two, three thousand dollars a piece then that money flew out of bitcoin cash and went into all these different altcoins, then those altcoins all raised and then the market went out and funk the you know it went from 840 billion dollar market cap down to like 200 and something billion dollar market cap like over the course of a month in 2018 and it was just wow like it just rocketed up,
2: rocketed down. <laughs> okay, that was yeah. a that was crazy time. Well, I think the confusion benefits roger and bitcoin cash i think the conf- the confusion of some people buying the wrong one benefits them um, but i think it I don't i think obviously therefore it's a negative for bitcoin btc that people are confused uh ultimately though i think i think actually if roger had said you know what guys i disagree with the way bitcoin is going i think it should be this i think i'm going to focus on something else like focus on it being more peer-to-peer i'm going to increase the block size and i'm just going to give it this other name like bcash or something else i wish you all the best stay in touch i actually think that would have been a much better strategy for him because I think having the war has made people turn against him and really criticize him and the project. And I I think he's got lost along the way with that. So I think vitriol
1: would be thrown his way if he had done something a little more, a little more political and a little more with a little more savvy behind it instead of pissing off a bunch of people.
2: Well, I think sometimes, but you know perhaps if you've got a you know truckload of money like he has and you you have this kind of like these visions that you are one of the reasons Bitcoin's a success, because you know there is no hiding from the fact in the early days he put a lot of money and weight behind bitcoin. you You can't take that away from him. That happened. Well, That's a fact. But and I think he probably thought of himself as somebody who gets to decide what happens to Bitcoin, which is kind of antithetical to what it stands for anyway, right?
0: Well, and he's also, you know, he's reasonably young. I mean, how old is Roger? In his thirties,
2: right? Yeah, I would have said so, late thirties, maybe.
0: Yeah, I mean, look, there's life is long, and stuff happens, and you never know what's going to happen. I've had ups, you know, high highs, and I've had low mm-hmm. lows, and burning bridges is just never a good idea. Whenever I see people just publicly lambasting others, uh, it just it seems to me immature. Like, let's let it lie where it is and and time will sort it out.
2: Yeah, I've been guilty of that a lot myself. It's funny. It's it's a good timing for you to say that because, you know, I've been kind of reflecting on my own use of Twitter and like tribal behavior and. Starting fights and things like that. I've actually this week, I think this week I've actually gone out and apologized over email or DMs to about five people I've been a bit of a dick to. Mm. So, well, you're not yeah. alone.
0: I mean, we've all had those moments. I'm not saying I'm perfect by any stretch. The older I get, I get a little better, but Twitter is still my trolley space. You know, I don't really use Facebook for it or Instagram for it, but Twitter is where I post GIFs that just mock people and, uh, and have a good time with it and burn my own bridges that way. So, like, if, you know, cancel culture decides to come after me for a tweet, you know, 15 years down the road, uh, they can do that.
2: You know, what? yeah, that's, I think there's good and bad trolling. I actually, you know, again, good timing. Yesterday I interviewed a lady called Ginger Gorman. She wrote a book called Troll Hunting, she was targeted by like some quite ruthless predatory trolls, and you know, I I wanted to learn a bit more about it, so I did a show with her all about it, and she's like supports trolling. She's like trolling is important. Some trolling is important, you know, if somebody's done something really stupid, like uh, that's like agrarious uh, or, or like you know the the. You, The way I think you got to think about it is the the trolling, the memes are actually marketing for why some ideas are stupid, or raising things that should be debated. So there's that kind of trolling. But I think the more predatory, targeting people, insulting them, making them feel absolute shit about themselves, trying to cancel people, or you know telling people you're going to attack them or you hope they die. I think that's the stuff that needs to. I think that needs to go away.
0: Well, now that you're making this confession, I think we know what the title of your bio is going to be one day. It's going to be called (laughs) "What Peter Did." (laughs)
2: <laughs> what Peter did wrong.
1: Very nice. Now I want to ask. I want to ask this one question because you you said well, something in the in the pregame uh, that yep. was interesting to me. You basically don't do interviews over the internet. You do interviews in person. And you mentioned you flew to Tokyo to interview. Yeah. Roger Ver, so that's got to be that's got to be kind of expensive to be making all those flights and just other. How often are they coming to you, and how often are you going to them?
2: I think I'm up to like it's about ninety percent now are done in person, um, and then like ten percent over Skype. Yeah, I think I've uh, I'd have to look. I've I think I've flown anything from seventy seventy to a hundred times this year. I, I I honestly don't know. I'd have to check wow. the flights. Yeah, but I mean, what I tend most are in the states, right? So what I'll do is I'll fly to New York and I'll do five, and then I'll fly to denver and do two and then i'll fly to austin and do four and then i'll go to la and do another couple and then san Fran. so usually on a on a trip i can get like a bunch in and so that'll take like two weeks and then i'll go home for like two to three weeks and have those in the bag and maybe when i'm home there's like one or two i'll do on skype or something but yeah look it's expensive uh but i i prefer the product of a in-person interview just for like a couple of reasons you know, I want to get so, you know, your show is like I, I would say is the, probably the most fun show in crypto. Right. Like you, you, you don't take it like too seriously. You want to have a bit of fun with people, but like you interlace that with important questions and topics. Would you say that's fair?
0: I, I like that. I mean, Peter McCormick says the most fun show in crypto. We're going to put that on. a. We're going <laughs> to yeah, put that on good. a graphic
2: what's going on a car. We're going to milk the shit out of that. Thank you, sir. But you but like I say, like and, and with mine, I'm I, what's important, I want to get the connection with the person. So that kind of. 15 20 minutes you have with them beforehand or like sometimes it's like a 24 hours you get to know them you get to spend time with them and then when you're in per- do you guys ever do in-person interviews
0: oh yes yeah, yeah whenever I mean, we you can. can you know we go some, when we go to events um of course we try and do interviews on site there or we do live stage shows where we're interviewing
1: i do a lot well, of impersonations you know, is that the same it's kind of similar right
0: in person stations
1: very good like, oh, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know i i like you know we used to go to these events and not do any interviews but then we now we have some a really good device that we take around it has the in the my three microphones and the cords and the whole deal so now it's like going that now we've started to, to go to different conferences and get a booth and then we'll have a booth and then at the booth we'll sit and people will come up and we'll do a lot of interviews that way so that's been really cool to to meet a lot of people in person and chat and, and have those in-person interviews. So I do, I do get what you're saying. I was just doing the math in my head and I'd be like, damn, that is expensive yeah. to travel yeah, around that I, much.
2: Probably, I don't know, $80,000, 100000 on the travel this year. Yeah. Dang. Yeah. It's a lot. Uh, i tell you, I'll tell you a story because this will uh, you'll understand the panic I had. So I just went out. I don't know if you guys know, I've got a second podcast. No. What's the second show? So it's called defiance. Uh, so I cover. I've I've co- I've done a Bitcoin show in it, but like I tend to cover the things that I think Bitcoiners will be interested in, like human rights, censorship, and such. And I just went out to South America. and I went to Bolivia to do an interview about what's going on there with uh, Evo Morales and the like the political crisis. So I went and I was there for two days. Spent two days like in Bolivia, speaking to people, you know, getting to f- like find out what the opinion is on the ground. All my research, and then on the final day, I did the interview. Uh, with this uh, lady, Janice, who's from uh, uh, an NGO, which is campaigning for better democracy. Anyway, so we do the interview. And usually when I'm done, I quickly upload it onto my laptop and stick it in the cloud. But I had to go straight away and catch a flight from there up to El Salvador. And I got to El Salvador and my case didn't come through. I've got like this whole mobile studio, like a Mm -hmm. Pelican case. And I was like, "Uh, my case hasn't come through. So I went and reported reported it. And she was like, "Uh, yeah, we can't find your case. Uh, so they had to take my details, but for like 24 hours, I was like, "Man, I uh, what, if, what if this is gone? All that work, everything I'd done in Bolivia, that whole interview would have been gone. You know, you would have lost it, and that you know, that would have been pretty heartbreaking." But it did come through. It came through, thank. It me. came through. Thank
1: Somebody was yeah, like, "Oh, damn! A- look at this Peloton case here. This look mighty fancy. I think I'm going to take this and and sell it all on eBay."
0: It's not a Peloton case. It's a Pelican case.
1: Oh, a Pelican Pel- case. Okay, never mind. Yeah. I wouldn't want one of those.
0: It's not a bike, so you don't, you don't ride the case. <laughs> All right, so let's take a look, you know, now that we're in 2020, uh, let's take a look at 2019.
2: What did Bitcoin do? Yeah, it's a funny thing you should say that. So I I, uh, I went out today and watched the, I don't know if you know, there was a massive football match on, like our football, not your football, soccer match. Liverpool were playing in the World Club final. So I went down to this bar in Austin and met up with a few Bitcoiners. I was with uh, Parker Lewis from Unchained Capital. I was with uh, Michael Goldstein, just a few others. And I was like, the funny thing is, I, th- I think if you say crypto, everyone feels like it's been a bad year. You know, it's still a bear market. No one's making any money. But I was like, if you take all the crypto and you just say Bitcoin, it's like, well, isn't it up like 70% this year? You know, lots of cool stuff's happened. Lots of cool devs happen. Like, like cool companies are growing. Castle are growing. BlockFi is growing. Like if you take Bitcoin on its own, I'd say it's been a good year. I think if any other company had grown 70%, you'd be like, that's a home run. That's a good year. I think it's more than that,
0: right? Wasn't didn't Bitcoin have a low of around thirty two hundred in January? And uh, full disclosure, we're recording this before the thirty first of December twenty nineteen. Even though you guys are hearing this in twenty twenty, but you know we saw it go as high as almost what thirteen thousand and yep. landed around seven or so seventy two hundred. So that's a hundred percent gain right there. Yeah. That's more than hundred percent.
2: I'd say it's been a like. As someone focused on Bitcoin, I think it's been a great year. Like, I'm really happy for what's happened with Bitcoin. I'm really happy personally, like, what's happened with, you know, all the work I've done. So, yeah, for me, like, I look back at 2019 and think, what a great year.
1: It's been quite a ride. You know, crypto goes up, crypto goes down. We're having fun. We really, really enjoy watching what's actually happening in the development of blockchains around the world, right? We're seeing China. Build, a, build their own cryptocurrency. We're seeing a lot of different companies using blockchain. We're seeing old school companies sort of adopt blockchain and do things. And these new NFTs, these non-fungible tokens that are popping up, you know, aside from just straight Bitcoin, which is what you normally cover. What are some of the other things within blockchain or some of the the things that have happened uh, development with smart contracts or games or something like what, what are some of the areas or some things that excite you about maybe some of the other areas of, of uh, the space
2: do you know what like I don't I don't look or pay much attention to any of it I used to in terms of just like getting into Twitter and having like ethereum versus bitcoin wars but like if i'm really honest i don't i don't look at any of it i i I genuinely uh i couldn't tell you what's exciting that's happening outside of bitcoin because i don't pay i don't pay any attention to it and so that's a really hard question to answer so i let me answer it a different way what i think some of the things i think have been really good this year is i love the growth of podcasts you know as a podcaster myself and you guys doing podcasts like the whole podcast industry has grown right which gives opportunities for people like us to create businesses and careers and create really cool content for people i think that's been really cool and i tend to then look at some of the companies that i think are really interesting so uh, blockfi like full disclosure or a sponsor but i think the work they've done in uh lending and borrowing with bitcoin has been really interesting like the financialization of the industry you know uh, and there are other companies like unchained capital that they're, they're doing it as well I think Casa, uh, who aren't a sponsor, I think what they've been doing with their work and developing their Casa node and key management, I think that's super interesting. I think uh, I think Lightning really turned a corner this year. Uh, I think a lot of the UX work where they've kind of abstracted away all the like difficult stuff in the background, that's really, really interesting. So I think we're looking towards, I'm looking towards 2020 and thinking, right, Lightning's you know really develop well we've got really good sustainable businesses that are being built on bitcoin um we've got the halving coming i think like 2020 is going to be a big year
1: this is cool you actually do I was on your website what bitcoin did and you do something that pat flynn who is a big podcast you just talked about podcasting exploding and doing some really cool stuff and then also uh john lee dumas of uh, the entrepreneurs on fire he, he has used to do this i don't know if he still actually he still does, does he still does this pat flynn does not so you actually will do this on your website. You'll do a podcast income report available for every month. You'll talk about the, the how much you brought in, and then you'll show how much your profits are. What led you to do that? Is that just sort of the transparency nature of of blockchain and Bitcoin? What, what was your thoughts? What, yeah, what, what created that?
2: So there's a couple of things. So back when I worked in advertising, we when we launched our agency, we had this idea of launch launching a transparent agency. So like our uh, with our website was uh, our first website was a to, to-do to list all the shit we had to do to launch the business and like as we did them you know whether it was employing people or like creating our website doing our branding we would tick it off on the website and then create a blog about it so people could follow the creation of the business so I've always liked transparency and then I used to listen to uh, Entrepreneur on Fire the John Lee Dumas show and read his income reports and then I actually used the Pat Flynn course as well his podcasting course as like a tutorial for mine i always direct people to his and so when i got my first check i was like i really think i should do something like that you know what crypto's like right it's, it's full of scammers everyone accuses everyone of being a scammer and i was like do you know what? i'm just going to do like a, an income report everyone can see who my sponsors are what i'm bringing in what i'm spending and uh yeah so I, so i wanted to be transparent but also there's a couple other things it's like i share that journey with my sponsors they can see you know, it's not like I'm just making all this money and spending it all on like Lambos or anything. I reinvest in what I'm doing. So like next year I'm going to be moving into do more video and I show them where I like redirecting the money so that you kind of create this story of the journey you're going on, which is great for the sponsors, but also the listeners as well. Like, uh, so, so, that's another reason. And then also, if anyone wants to get into podcasting, I think it's something useful that that they can do. And I think the last reason it gives me a bit of like accountability to myself because I don't like I have a podcast on my own, right? I spend most of the time in my bedroom or in my office in my pants, just like trying to plug my show. So by creating like this transparency report, I have now a I have accountability to myself each month to keep performing and you know creating a good product and. So hopefully something that's profitable. <laughs> you what? Uh, you podcast in your pants? Is that what you said? Sometimes.
0: Yeah, because the best podcasters do it in their underwear. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Travis. I mean, I, I hate to put this image up there, but you know, he's he's not wearing any underwear right now.
1: No, I'm not wearing yeah. pants. I'm wearing shorts. it's actually like 60 degrees today?
0: And uh, uh,
2: you know, you know, we, you know, pants for us is different for you. Like for you, pants is trousers. Pants for us is like your boxers.
0: Ah, okay, uh, that's that's okay. fair enough then. Yep. So you're uh, yeah, you could be hanging loose and, and nobody knows the wiser. That's the beauty of just like audio podcasting. I have no idea. Just like
1: chips are fries. and But what are fries? Are fr- What do you call what do you call French fries there in the UK? We,
2: we call them fries and chips. They've got like they've got two names.
0: Mm, I see. Well, there but you we go. Support stuff. But we call chips crisps. Right. And you've got uh-huh. bangers and mash yeah right. bang is a mash all that wonderful stuff well you mentioned the havening so let's talk about that uh, with with the havening due to happen in may i almost feel like it should be like a chinese new year that the havening should have an animal you know the year of the havening it's uh, represented by what beast i don't know Litecoin is the chicken what would bitcoin be so looking at badger. The honey badger, right? There you go. <laughs> honey badger don't care. It's going to have anyway. No re- There's no stopping it, right? There's no other event in the financial world that is, dr- is dramatic as a Bitcoin halvening, right? You could do an IPO and a company goes public. You could do a stock split, um, but that the value of the company is still the same. But the halvening is a really unique event. So, You know, what are your thoughts on it? And do you think, you know, I'm not asking you to be a financial advisor or make predictions that anybody's going to hold you to. You're not going to have to eat your dick if it doesn't go to a certain price, you know, by the end of 2020. But what impact do you think it's going to have?
2: yes a good question because i've never i've not lived through one where i've actively been involved in bitcoin you know i've i, I mean i first discovered bitcoin in 2013 with the silk road but like and then i just kind of fell out of love with it so i've not been through one so i can know it's kind of exciting uh I, there's all these talks of that the bitcoin halving's priced in or it's not priced in then nobody knows i i like that plan B's uh stock to flow model i think that's kind of interesting I, honestly i don't i, I don't know what's going to happen but all i know is it's going to be quite exciting to see it, see what the impact is my expectation is it's going to be good for price because you know we can have a what is this the daily supply drops from 1800 to 900 fresh coins on the market so i think that's going to be uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it impacts but i also like one of the i don't know about you guys found this but like after getting so obsessed with price in 2017 and then 2018 sucking so much i stopped kind of caring about the price like i don't look at it uh the only time i'm aware of the price is if somebody tweets about it i don't check it anymore i don't trade anymore like i don't buy buy and sell like to try and try and follow the market what i do is i just only accumulate so every month i'll you know i'll stack a few more sats and and uh, grow my bitcoin holding and my my own personal strategy is i'm not going to sell anything for 10 years so i'm going to get through at least three of these halvings before I even consider consider something, any
1: that's amazing. That's going to be that'll be a fun adventure to see how much that's going to be at that time. I mean, because we've seen some of the statistics. Ten years, we're talking at least a hundred thousand, as much as a hundred, uh, much as a million or more, depending on three happenings from now.
2: Yeah, I mean, that would be cool. That would and be wouldn't amazing. I,
1: wouldn't be too horrible at all. So let's talk about some of the most downloaded shows or some of the best guests, maybe some of the funnest interviews that you've had on what Bitcoin did. Like if somebody was going to say, "Hey," Let me hear like what couple two, three episodes would you most recommend that somebody has got to hear if they were to listen to your show?
2: Oh, yeah, good question. Oh gosh, it's really hard though, right? Like I, I bet you hate that question. It's really well the, really yeah, there's hard. there's so many.
0: By the way, I noticed yeah. that on your on your page right now, you've got your show with Nick Zabo. Uh, he wouldn't yeah. come on our show and he wouldn't come on our show because we had John McAfee and Brock Pierce on our show. and he didn't want to be associated with those people for whatever reason.
2: Interesting. Well, Brock's been on mine once when I did a whole I did a whole series about Mount Gox. So I interviewed Jed McCaleb, and I went out to Japan, and interviewed Mark Harpella, and I had Brock as part of that. And that's the only interview I've done where somebody lost their call. Um, I'm I'm not really, you know, I, uh, like I can get in fights on Twitter, but it never really happens in a podcast. But that one kind of went a bit weird. Um Nick Zarbo getting on was obviously amazing because I think I think that's the first solo interview he's done. He did one with Tim Ferris, which was mm. um which was with uh Naval but Naval did a you know, it was at least half that interview. I think this that was the first solo interview. one. Yeah it was a really great one actually the three of them together was uh, pretty cool but but yeah so getting Zarbo was a bit of a coup. Um uh, there's a few others like I, I, I read. So my first personally, my first interview with Lynn Albrecht is a really important one for me because that was the first time afterwards I kind of realized like, you know, this is kind of serious. These are important mm-hmm. subjects, you know, talking about guys in jail for the rest of his life. So that's an important one for me. Uh, fun ones. I did one with the um, I, I don't know if you ever used to watch Bitcoin Uncensored with. Krista Rose and Junseth but you know they had a falling out and they hadn't talked for years and I managed to get them in a room together and do we did like three hours so that was great mm. what else uh I've my first one with Andrew Polstra that was quite so I went out to Boston when uh, at MIT there was like this expo on and I had a planned one with him and he's super technical and I'm not and I watched his presentation. And I was like, oh, what am I going to talk to him about? Uh, so I threw, I threw away all my questions. And we just sat there and jammed for an hour. And it was like, a, it was really, that was kind of a cool one. But there's so many, like I did the ones with Bellagio were great. Uh, one I did with Andreas Antonopoulos did like over 100,000 listens, which is unreal. So that's obviously a special one. Um, I know it's so hard to choose. I, if, if you give me long enough, I'll probably end up listening all of them.
0: Well, don't do that because then we'd be here forever and that would just yeah. be that would just be weird is there is there an interview that you did that you thought was going to be one thing and you just were super surprised it, it became something completely different
2: I mean yeah the pol- the pollster one as I said uh there's another one I did the one I did with Balaji was great I, I don't know how much you guys prep um sometimes I will go in with like a whole list of questions prepped and other times I'll go in cold and we'll just talk mm-hmm. and uh, with Belagi, I had loads of questions but my first question was like a tee up and i can't even remember what it was about it was something to do with like ai so we ended up doing an hour and a half on that one point alone so that's the only time i've actually split a show into two that became two shows um i've had like three or four i've done where i've ended it halfway through because i don't like the way it's going i uh i don't think Sometimes maybe the guest or even I'm not coming across well. And well, I that's just, all the
0: time we've got for you today, folks. Thanks <laughs> for listening.
2: <laughs> yeah, fuck that boring British guy. uh Yeah, so so like I've had a few like that. um Have any been? I don't know actually. That, that that's the kind of thing I'd have to go look through the list and try and remember. It's a really hard question. Have, have have you guys had ones like that? It is because you
0: do so much content, right? How many shows are you doing a week?
2: I do two a week on this. I, I essentially release three to four shows a week.
0: Okay, so we we do three bad crypto shows each week. One of them is our bad news episode and two of them are interviews. And so you know here we are um, you know having done over 300 and I don't know 60 regular episodes, 50 crypto spotlights, a bunch of specials, and it's a lot of content and you really it starts blurring together. Uh, it's just, yeah. it's, I, I, my brain can't contain it all. I'm glad we're recording it for posterity because otherwise I would just, I would forget so much.
2: Yes. Yeah, it's, 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 it's really, yeah, you're right. It all kind of blurs into one and, yeah, I guess the poster one. Like I say, I went, you know, I went there thinking I'm going to talk to him about all this techie stuff. And then I just realized I was I was out of my depth. So we just ended up just like jamming it. And it's kind of this funny combination of me not knowing what the hell I'm talking about. Him being like a hardcore Bitcoin core coder. And it just worked. Like so many people listened to that interview and loved it. So yeah, that was a cool one. Actually, I tell you, there was another one. There's a really interesting one. So I'm from the UK, where we don't really have guns, right? And you know, coming to the US, guns are a big thing. Well, you uh, are imagine... in
1: Texas now. You're literally. In well, Texas. yeah, I'm
2: in Texas. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, you know, tra- tra- Travis, I imagine you're a gun guy.
1: You know what? I'm an American, so and I was, and I was also a veteran in the US Army. So, you know, I, yeah. knowing, and I have studied these the Constitution, and I know why we need to have guns, and so uh, that's why I, I do. Well, let me tell you this. So,
2: I'll tell you what happened was there was another one of these shootings, right? And I just went on to it again. Americans, like the rest of the world doesn't have guns. Look, you don't why. Why have you got these stupid laws? Blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I got a lot of sh- because most of my audience is Americans say, look, you don't understand the Second Amendment. You're a slave. You know, you need to be. You don't. You don't want to be free. And you know, we need guns to protect ourselves. If if we have a like a totalitarian government, you know, we use them to kick you guys out years ago. Yeah. And, and we uh, actually
1: use it. we actually use British. We actually use uh, the UK as an example because you don't have the Second Amendment. Second Amendment protects the First Amendment, and you don't have the First Amendment. So if you guys say something rude on social media, they can come and arrest you and put you in jail if they say something that the narratives aren't approved of by whoever, or you go and videotape some court thing that it's not that the, they don't want the news to get out, then they'll put you in jail over in Britain. And so it's like, it's wow. one of the things the second yeah. protects
2: the first. Yeah. Well and and I'm being sued by Craig Wright at the moment for calling in, you know, him some names on Twitter. So he's anyway, from so Australia though, right? Well, yeah, but he's based in London, so he's suing me in the high court. But like, <laughs> anyway, so what happened was I was like, okay, there's a lot of flack on this. I'm going to go and learn a bit more about this. So I did, you know, I went up to Wyoming, spent some time with some people there. And then I ended up recording a show with Ragnar. I don't know Do you know Ragnar. He's like right. uh, he's long-haired Bitcoin guy. He's like Is that, all is, that about, is that his real name? Yeah, yeah, Ragnar Lifth. I can't pronounce. Dude,
1: it. Ragnar Lothbrok was the like this badass uh, Viking explorer king back in like the nine hundreds.
2: <laughs> well, he's like he's got a podcast. It's like guns and Bitcoin. So, oh, okay. so anyway, we, we we were at this event together, and we'd like clashed a bunch of times on on uh, Twitter. And I was like, come on, let's just make a show. Let's talk about this. And it's one of my favorite shows. That, that that's easily like a top five show of mine. And we had a great conversation. We got on really well anyway at the start of the interview like like you know i'm asking about you know why are guns important for him and he tells me and he's he's never talked about this public so like i feel honored that he f- felt like my show was a place he could do it but he talked about how his father had committed suicide at the hand of a gun like he'd mm-hmm. just taken his life with a gun and yet he is still not anti-guns and why and like and that really shook me up in terms of an interview like even now i'm going kind of goosebimply because i i wasn't prepared to be told that and yeah i don't know it, it it gave the show a lot of compassion and yeah, I, I just wasn't prepared for that.
1: So Pete, I noticed here on your website here, the McCormick, it's a new show. It looks like another shows so you're going to, you're, you're like, I need to do all the podcasts. What's, what's this, what's this new show going to be? It's just,
2: that's not going to be like a, that, that's going to be every now and again, I do an interview, which doesn't fit in. It's not a Bitcoin show. It doesn't fit in the defiance show, but it's like somebody I want to talk to. So, you know that that's just for like other other stuff uh so i did one with my buddy rich roll he's the reason i podcast but like he's a vegan athlete and you know he's he campaigns for like you know global issues it doesn't fit in either of the others i mean you can make an argument for defiance but it's you know it's more of an yeah uh, broader kind of topic so there's other people i want to interview and talk to so that's really for that it's like a dumping ground for the other stuff and uh yes, i'm i you know the, do you guys have like Somebody you'd like to interview? It doesn't have to even mean crypto. Is there like do you have like people you think ah oh, just I would love to sit down and interview that person?
0: Oh, absolutely, uh, definitely, and and you know sometimes we've had people on the show that are loosely tied to crypto, but to the ideals that you know crypto backs. For example, we had G. Edward Griffin on a show here at the end of last year. We've had John Stossel on on the show you know talk about um his experience in in the media and you know his thoughts on crypto and so you know if we can fit them somewhere into hey this person is super interesting to us and we also want to get their take on crypto then we want to bring them to our audience
2: yeah so i have but there's people like like if I could interview anyone, it would be someone like James Hetfield or Axel Rose, right? Just like put it out there. The most coolest one I could ever get. I mean, it probably never happened. But if it did, that's not going to fit in either of my shows. So I I, right. I, I, I want to it into that. And uh, yeah, so th- th- that's why I'm launching Noel Gallagher, like,
1: yeah. I, want you, to, Noel I Gallagher. want you to interview Noel Gallagher. That would be hilarious. Oh, that man, guy
2: is so
0: funny. I've got I um, I, I've got Axel Rose on speed dial. Let me just call him and ask
2: him. If that's <laughs> I actually met him. I met him in London about, oh God, it was about two years ago. He ended up doing this private chat to like 200 people at this Chinese embassy place. And my friend used to do a lot of work in China. So he got us into it. And I, I finally met him. Like Guns N' Roses was the first band I saw live. So he's like a, a minor hero of mine.
0: Very nice. Well, Are you, gonna, are
1: you pulling that up, Mr. Jokom? Welcome to Bad Crypto. I thought that's what uh, you were doing. I was like, I got him on speed dial. I thought for sure you were going to
0: play it. No, no. We, we actually have a, a parody song that we created a couple of years ago that's to the tune of Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, in fact, nice. we'll, we'll play it here uh, on the way out of this interview so that people can enjoy that. But we encourage people to go check out Peter McCormick's shows, What Bitcoin Did. Com because you want to know what it did, what it's going to do, and he talks to people who can help you uh, understand that. So, Pete, thanks for uh, for coming on today, and good luck with the Chiefs, man.
1: Hey, thank you.
0: Thanks again, Peter, for coming on the show, and we hope that you're feeling honored because our new proof of listening protocol that can identify. People can show that they've listened to a podcast because they have claimed the unique NFT that has been designed especially for it. We're about to tell you how to get it. That is true. And the thing about this, folks, is like it's
1: it's really cool. We're going to be able to test out a lot of stuff with these NFTs. Imagine having your own Republic of Bad Cryptopia ID card, right? You can prove that you're a member of the Republic of Bad
0: Cryptopia. Like a passport. Cool. Yeah, it's like a passport kind of thing. So we're going to be you testing be- out card carrying member so not yeah. just like a virtual member out there somewhere in the ether that's true
1: you know because joel and i are technologists right and we like to play around with technology That's what got us in the blockchain in the first place it's not just because crypto is going to the moon it's because wow this technology is interesting it's doing cool things so think about nfts as like the next level baseball cards or the next level magic the gathering cards they're available on the blockchain you own them you can verify that they are yours right and, and there's going to be a lot of things that pop up on here, right? There's a lot of fake goods that come out of different countries that are counterfeit, that aren't actually real goods. And so you can put them on the blockchain, attach an NFT, connect them and say, this is your item. This is your Gucci bag. And here's your proof that this is your Gucci bag. So if you want to resell it later on, you're gonna there's going to be proof on the blockchain. So this is cool
0: stuff. So no, let's let's give a couple of examples of ones that are active now, Travis. Right, there's CryptoKitties. Those mm-hmm. those are, those are non fungible tokens. Each kitty is its own unique design. One of a kind, and somebody owns it in their wallet. And on the Crypto Kitties Exchange or on OpenSea.io, you can sell those to other people and then they own it. What's another uh, what's another one?
1: Well, I want to actually expand on that because Crypto Kaiju, who we've talked about before on the show, they've actually created a physical Crypto Kitty that they sent each one of us, and it's seven and a half inches tall. It's like a really cool, real physical item. That has an NFC uh, token at the bottom so I can scan that. To, and actually, it, it, it interacts with my phone with the NFC field. Not and NFC, field communication. And
0: NFT, and and it's communication. And NFT, NFSW. That's
1: true. And there's an NFT that's connected to it on the blockchain. So I just think this stuff is really interesting. And I believe we're the first ones, Mr. Jokom, to do anything like this when it comes to a podcast. Because we are offering a non-fungible token. On special episodes of Bad Crypto, not everyone. We're gonna make it. We're not gonna tell you when they're coming out or when there's gonna be a new one. You just have to listen to the show and be one of the first people in those first seventy two hours to go and claim it.
0: Well, it, yeah, I mean, there's as long as you claim it in that seventy two hours, you'll get it. So you don't mm-hmm. have to be the first one to claim it. As long as you do it. So the idea here is what we call proof of listening. P-O-L. Right. And so you don't know when we're going to offer them. So you got to, you know, if you listen to every show already, but that's why we love you. And we're going to do some kind of rewards, Mr. Travis. Right. And I'm not exactly sure what they're going to look like yet. So don't hold us to this. But what we've been talking about is let's say that you collect five nfts from our proof of listening campaign and you you share your ethereum wallet with us that shows there are the five tokens well then we'll send you a special republic of bad cryptopia nft that only you'll get it won't be something that anybody else can claim we'll just issue it to those wallets
1: mm-hmm. yeah maybe you collect 10 or 20 and then maybe we send you a bad crypto shirt or something i mean there's just different ways that we could reward this thing And we want to say, hey, we want to have interaction with our fans. And, you know, we're in crypto. Let's use crypto. Use NFTs. Let's test this stuff out because this stuff is fun, and that's what we do. So, Mr. Jokom, how do folks claim their
0: one-of-a-kind What Bitcoin Did episode 364 NFT? Well, I'm glad you asked. Go to badco.in forward slash NFT. NFT stands for non-fungible token, badco.in forward slash NFT. Now, depending upon when you're hearing this, it might already be gone. It could Mm -hmm. be bye, 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 bye. So you'll have until February the 4th at midnight Eastern Standard Time. So if you hear this show after that, you missed it. But and, and you won't be able to get it unless you buy one or trade with somebody else who has one right because they own it and i don't know how many you know i don't know if a thousand people are going to claim this or only 200 or 10,000 we have no idea because i know peter's probably going to tell his audience about this appearance as well and they're super engaged and uh but you have to be there and if you go to the website and you're like it's not there that's cuz it's it's gone
1: yep and you can only get one because this form actually says what's your name email and then you got to uh, include your ethereum address so uh please only get one uh, per person that's what we want to have and that way this is going to be fair for everyone everybody, everybody has a chance within those 72 hours to grab one of those bad boys
0: yeah don't be crappy and try and scam the system we don't uh, the, you know those we're that's trying our best we- to actually make sure that
1: doesn't happen because in creating one-off qr codes and we're really working with the uh, the dude from poap xy.xyz hmm. patricio Worthalter. alter He's really great. He actually created this thing called proof of attendance protocol, which is if you are at events and you can prove that you are at this event and we're working with him to create the proof of listening protocol for podcasters to, uh, you know, engage with their user base in an interesting
0: way. In fact, we do recommend that you use his app. And when you go to the website, you'll see uh, there's a poapp.xyz. It's available for both Android and um, iOS for your iPhones. And it's a great way to store your collectibles in there. Badco.in forward slash NFT. And Mr. Travis Wright, speaking of cool things mm-hmm. that are on the internet, we have had our friends from Upland, Upland.me, mm-hmm. on the show before. That's a location-based property trading game we've talked about that lets you own real world properties on the digital blockchain right Mm -hmm. so you know there's an address maybe the museum of modern art in san francisco well you can't actually own that building but you can own the representation of it in upland that's true
1: yeah you know what's interesting is that you know it's like it's kind of like monopoly but it's on it's using real world addresses using blockchain technology you actually get you know deed to the property. You can then Google that address on Google Street View to see what that place actually is. We started it on Monday, on January 27th, but users of, of Bad Crypto, you actually get a double sign-in bonus uh, whenever you, you come through this link. So if you go to badco.in forward slash Upland, instead of getting 3,000 UPIX tokens, you're actually going to get 6,000 when you sign in via mobile. So make sure you're going through this link via mobile. It doesn't work on desktop. And uh, what's cool? Yeah, they, they actually uh, provide crypto in, and uh, allow that. And they're going to allow some crypto out eventually, maybe some fiat out. But it's a cool, it's a cool game. You can buy Upix
0: tokens using the mobile web, and you can buy Upix tokens with cryptos. Excellent. Mr. Travis Wright, this is an exciting show, and I know that we are already scheming for our future shows what NFTs we're going to be offering. And this all comes about at an interesting time because we are, in two weeks from now, going to be at ETH Denver here in the beautiful state of Colorado, ETHDenver.com. And we're speaking and doing our show there. Last year, we did our show right before Andreas Antonopoulos took the stage. Now, we know that Vitalik Buterin is going to be at ETH Denver, and we also know Joe Lubin of the Ethereum Foundation is going to be there, and we are trying to see if we can get one or both of them on the show.
1: Mm-hmm. And actually, you know, when we were talking about that Poap.xyz earlier on about claiming the NFTs, that's where... That protocol was created. The proof of attendance protocol was created last year at ETH Denver. This is where the biddlers are. The people who are creating and utilizing blockchain technologies in cool and unique ways, they are doing it at ETH Denver. It's not DEN ETH. Some people were calling it, oh, I can't wait to go to DEN ETH. I'm like, DEN ETH? That's where Mike Tyson likes to go to get pancakes.
0: <laughs> does does <laughs> Wait, I want to hear Mike Tyson order the Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity.
1: Hey. A- Hi. Well, yes, I'm really glad to be here, Denny. I'd like to have the Rudy Tootie Fetch and Foodie. If you could add some (laughs) blueberries on that.
0: (laughs) That's great. And shortly after that, the following week, we're going to be in New York for NFT.nyc. This is the definitive uh, annual North American conference on NFTs. And we will have at both ETH Denver and uh nft.nyc another unique proof of attendance non-fungible collectible from bad crypto so if you're at either one of those events make sure you see us so that you can claim this collectible
1: Mm, that might actually be i think you know we've got them planned out of which ones are going to come out here over the course of the next month but i believe this one will be you know this event right here or actually the what bitcoin did episode 364 this one right here is uh nft2 i believe nft3 will be denise going to get pancake because we love pancakes uh denise uh, denver will actually be number three then i think we have a couple other ones planned that's going to come out and then nft nyc opp yeah you know me that's probably going to be uh, nft number five or number six
0: super fun Mr. Travis Wright we're breaking new ground and you in the Republic of Bad Cryptopia are breaking it with us you'll be able to say i was there like re- remember the time when you know before everybody did these non-fungible tokens for their podcasts and YouTubes? remember that time that those guys at bad crypto that they were the first ones to do this yeah that was badass in fact i've got the first one they released from their episode in my wallet oh my gosh and it's worth nothing but yeah. it's cool
1: you're breaking new ground while mr joel Com breaks wind oh, oh, oh i shouldn't have oh, had those wow those i fart apps are so
0: incredible these days shouldn't have had those beans last night <laughs> that was horrible thanks for listening gang don't forget to subscribe review and share the goodness from the bad republic of bad wherever we are stay farty because that's bad I mean that that's pretty bad. Welcome to Bad Crypto! BadCryptoPodcast.com! We're talking everything blockchain and the shit coins that you own. What news will get you wrecked? What coins are gonna moon? Just sit back and hold on. Oh, you'll get that Lambo soon. Bad crypto! Bad crypto podcast! <sighs> Who's bad?